Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me, as always, is my co-host... Garrett K. Jones. How's it going, everybody? Well, it is going perfectly fine over here, and we are just going to go straight into it. We are finally at the end of our review of the Ahsoka series. We had the season finale last week, and boy, I think we have some things to talk about in this episode. Oh my gosh. Uh, before we do, though, we I have to clarify, this is only our opinions. Um, if you have other opinions, if you feel differently about the show than we do, we would love to hear from you. Of course, at GNN, we are fueled by the fans. Um, and this is not a knock on anybody who has a different opinion of the, of the show. If you liked the show, if you liked it from start to finish, that is perfect. That is awesome. I'm we're happy that this show is able to, to make you happy, you know, bring you some sort of pleasure, whatever. Um, so if you like the show, let us know. Let us know what you liked about it. Let us know what you didn't like about it. We just want to hear from you guys. Again, this is our opinion, and you know what they say about opinions. Um, they're like noses, everybody has one, exactly, and they smell. Yes, they do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not going to be one of those shows. I said this time and time again. We're not one of those shows that are like, oh, you ha we hate the show, so you have to hate the show. And if you don't like, if you don't like it, then you're an idiot. You know, we're not going to devolve into name calling again. Our opinions only. So, with that being said, um. I think you said it best in the the chat or in our little in our little uh, chat between the two of us off air. Um, when you saw it, got to the end, your response was, "What the heck?" Um, yeah, that's that's actually um, sugarcoating my response. I was sitting <laughs> in my recliner, and and like I'm just like, "What the heck was that?" That was exactly. It? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's it's so anticlimactic. I know. I, I mean, it were, next next week we'll do our what we would have done differently. But I think just even even doing because and we're gonna jump around here a little bit. But just the response of Ahsoka and Sabine of being left on this planet and and seemingly being perfectly fine with it. Mm hmm. Like at least, at least I would have liked to have seen something like of a, you know Sabine saying something or looking up at them and Ahsoka coming up and putting her hand her hand on her shoulder and saying we'll find a way to get that get to we'll find a way back and we'll yeah. we'll get something like that. But they're like, well, I oh. guess we're here now. And and so this this is part of the problem of what happens when you have bad writers in the writing room, like mm -hmm. the, I, I think this chalks it up to like, I know that Dave Filoni wrote several of the episodes, mm -hmm. um, but dog on it. It is, he is like, so I think he has been sniffing his own success way too long mm -hmm. um, that it's finally come to pass that we see him for what he is. 
And I hate to say this, but like I, I kind of feel like Dave Filoni is is a hack at this point. Like when it comes to writing for animation and working with a team of, of writers for the Clone Wars or for Rebels, great. He's he is good at that. Mm-hmm. But the things where like and directing an episode, his direction is fine. The writing is where he is falling short. And this is, it feels like all these projects have been a way to shoehorn in characters that he has loved from Legends yeah. to get them back in and make them canon, but he does nothing with them. Like, this whole series has been eight episodes, seven weeks of missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Focused on a character that your casual fan doesn't give a rip about. Because they didn't watch the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. yeah, and probably aren't going to, yeah, yeah. And I mean, there were just so many things in this episode that just, and yeah, I, I mentioned last week how Thrawn had how many opportunities to kill Ahsoka in season or in episode seven, yeah, he had at least three, mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. To do that. In fact, his whole his like Thrawn was made out to be this this huge strategist that he is like the smartest guy in the room when it comes to military intelligence and stuff like that. And like he is the oxymoron of all of that. Yeah. The way he is personified in this, like, like he's just throwing battalion after battalion after battalion, not caring how this is playing out and it just oh yeah. my yeah. god i i mean and i'm sorry but for me the zombie trope is way played out i actively rolled my eyes when i saw that it was just well it wasn't even it, it wasn't even veiled it wasn't even smart like if it had been something that we had no inclination that it might happen mm-hmm. but like you called it last week yeah you were yeah, I want to know though because they they indicated that all those soldiers were volunteers. I want to know what that meeting was like. Yeah. How did that meeting go? Like, well, guys, you guys Here's are going to happen. Uh, you're probably all going to die, but you'll come back as my little zombies. Oh, and we're going to leave you on this planet when we go back home because you know reasons. And you're probably all going to meet uh, a horrible, painful death anyway, both times. So, good luck, guys. Absolute worst. Yeah. yeah Absolute it, freaking worst. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm sorry. To me, the zombie thing is just played out. It's overused. It, you, well, you're not wrong. It is is definitely overused, is definitely played out. And like, and this isn't even, like, this is like, at least with the with the dark troopers in season two of Mandalorian, that was something something a little. You know, yes, we'd seen them before in some of the video games, uh, in Dark Force Rises and stuff like that. But still, they it was something different. It was something something unique. It was right scary. They they well, tra- and, yeah because they were robots and you didn't yeah. know when they were going to activate. You didn't know you know they didn't have any consciousness. It was just. Their program, their droids, 
they're going to they're going to go into whatever situation guns blazing yeah. quite literally in some cases mm-hmm. and that was fine like these like what we were looking at were the death troopers from uh from a book yes book was it uh i know which one you're talking about Yeah, I know exactly which what you're talking about, but I can't think of it right now. Yeah, it, it um, yeah, it was called Death Troopers, yeah. um, by Joe Schreiber, and the idea was like basically it's this weird mix of like elements, like horror elements that brings. It was written in the 1990s, and the whole premise is that these troopers were. Um, exposed to some kind of virus that turned them into zombies and they show up and they start infecting a bunch of other people. That was great because it had, it was something that hadn't been done before. Yeah. And it it took like that night of the living dead or dawn of the dead or, or even some of the resident evil elements and plugged it into star Wars before doing something like that Mm -hmm. became kind of like the, the trope of, of pop culture. Yeah. And, it was it worked it was good this it, it it's like the, the writers for these episodes took this one idea and they're like oh well let's have them come back to life as like zombie puppets you know they're unstoppable unkillable they'll just get right back up but it won't have the same effect yeah. and like they they telegraphed it yeah. going into the episode yeah yeah it just yeah um, what do you think about the final reveal of Sabine having force powers? Because this, for me personally, another one where I rolled my eyes. I think it was absolutely stupid and useless because yeah. we're talking about a character who, leading up to this whole series, mm-hmm. has shown no aptitude for the force. She's been mm-hmm. told you have no aptitude for the force. And now it's like Oprah Winfrey. Exactly. Sitting, sitting in her studio, giving out force powers to just about anybody in the audience. Yeah. You get a force power, and you get the force power. You get a force power. Everybody I, force power. I was I noticed the same thing even in the even in the sequels when they kind of hinted, or not just hinted, but pretty much flat out said that um, Finn had force powers or was force sensitive. I'm and just then like, they don't do anything why, with it. Why? Why? Why does everyone? Because I think, and even my wife said it. Said, and she hasn't watched the series, but I said. She made the comment of like, well, doesn't that just make the force less special? Special, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, exactly, yeah. It makes being a Jedi and having the force less not a, not not a spe- not something that's not as special, it, not as oh, you know. It was so frustrating because like she's had no aptitude, and then all of a sudden she reaches out for the force, and the lightsaber flies into her hand. The only way that scene could have been better is if the force allowed her to pull it towards her it activates and she accidentally decapitates herself that was the only thing that would have been that would have made that scene good at that point because like the characters being played like don't get me wrong the actors and the performers in the in the show were fine Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the material with which they had to work was absolute crap because like sabine is played by a plank of wood or as a plank of wood um, and then you've got Ahsoka who's just smirking smugly through pretty much every scene she does, even if she's getting her butt handed to her, she's like, th- there's no emotion behind anything that she's doing. Yeah. 
And then, and let's talk about the problem with Ezra. Okay. Ezra Bridger is less of a character and more of a MacGuffin for the entire series. Mm. He actually, it, like, he has no agency. Nothing he does is his own plan. He just goes with whatever they, like, the, sh- the episode where, where Sabine shows up and he's like, how'd you get here? And, and she's like, oh, it's a long story. And, and she doesn't she doesn't say a thing about it. It cuts to the next episode. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. The yeah. war's all done? It's all over? How? And all she says is the Death Star was destroyed at, at Endor. And the battle was won. But here's the funny thing. Is that that description, that dialogue in episode 7. Actually retcons what was already established in canon. In... Uh, in the force awakens mm. where, where Endor was a major battle and Jakku was the final battle. The final battle. Yeah. And it's like, well, okay, at this point, at this point, now? at this point though, I don't have, we, have we reached the, the battle of Jakku in, in Ahsoka? Yes. We, yes, have. we have. Okay. We have, because, because it takes place before the events of the force awakens obviously right and it was at the fall of the empire so we're we're somewhere in between the events of return of the jedi and and the battle of jakku and mm. the force awakens okay like if i'm pulling up the official official star wars timeline I think you're right. Yeah, Ahsoka comes a- comes after Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and um and the events of Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah, so like as far as like films and TV shows, it goes The Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, Bad Batch, Solo, Kenobi, Rebels, Andor, Rogue One, A New Hope, Empire, Return, Star Wars Resistance, which I thought Star Wars Resistance sat closer to Force Awakens than anything I thought it did too, yeah. Um, And then you've got Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, Ahsoka, then Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. and that's the films. And although this list that I'm looking at is also including the acolyte, which we haven't even seen anything for yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the one, the one scene that I thought was well done, and for me personally, I did enjoy the little the little scene. In the ship of Ahsoka, or not Ahsoka, but uh, Ezra building his lightsaber, I thought that was a that was a cool little scene, a little callback to, um, Kanan. Um, yes, I thought that was I thought that was a good you know, finding out you know how you know just how old Hunan is, that he's thousands of years old. This droid, you know, that's been yeah getting you know and. Well, but we we already got that. I mean, yeah, Huang has already said you know, multiple times just in the in this series to other characters. I've been around for the, thousands of years. I have trained countless Jedi. Yeah, 
And it's like, well, we get that. How, you know, and, and it's also a shame that we won't get any, that, you know, because it seemed like they were setting something up for um, Balin for next for next season. And it's a shame that we won't, we probably won't get that. No. And, and that's, and that's the, the thing of this is that Balin Skull was probably the coolest character of the entire series. He had, mm-hmm. he had the most intrigue he had some of the best dialogue he was emo- like everything about him just drew the audience to him he's probably the best part of the entire thing yeah I agree. and and unfortunately with ray with with uh ray stevenson passing away we will not get that unless they recast him which in all likelihood they probably will yeah um but the the fact is that like this goes in so many weird directions. This whole show, like, like going back to the fight choreography. Like, did you notice that uh, that Ahsoka's fight choreography was incredibly slow? Like, she is like Rosario Dawson's only forty four years old, right? Okay, and uh, the actress who plays Morgan Elsbeth is in her early fifties, and she moved better and faster. Mm-hmm. Than us, than the actress playing Ahsoka, who is younger, and should be playing a character who is a far more capable warrior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, so many issues with this. With this. Oh yeah. Show. You know, I just. I think for me, it's frustrating because this was a show that I I was looking forward to so much. You know, Ahsoka's you know one of my favorite characters from the Clone Wars, um, and and I thought that you know they had a good did a good job in Mandalorian, uh, the first time we saw her, and it really just got me excited for this and for you know to be such a letdown. Yeah, you know, I feel more let down of this than I do Book of Boba Fett. Simply because I went in with Boba Boba Fett with no expectations whatsoever. You know, a character that I personally didn't care about, never been a Boba Fett fan. So I just went in being like, well, whatever. And with this one, I think, you know, maybe I set my expectations too high. Maybe I went in with, you know, thinking this is going to be the best show that they've done. And we're just going to blow things out of the water. And I feel like I was let down. Yeah. And I think the thing that I was, that I was most frustrated about was everything regarding um, uh, everything regarding Thrawn, because like mm-hmm. there was so much buildup for Thrawn. Yeah. And then it, like it, it's it so like it crashed and burned. Um, because like the way he like none of the decisions he makes were smart. None of them were 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 intellectual or intelligent or made. There was no logic behind anything he did. Yeah, and it's like if like um, it, I was watching um, I was watching an episode of the Critical Drinker last week after the episode aired, and he was doing a, an open bar discussion with some other commentators on YouTube, and. 
so one of them, I can't remember if it was the drinker or one of his, one of his friends, but like one of them commented that the way that Thrawn is written in the show is, is what happens when you have an idiot writing a smart person thinking that that is how they operate and talk. Hmm. When there's, there's nothing logical or intellectual about the character from the, the moment the ink hits the page, it's not there. Like Thrawn, like, and I'm going to talk about this next week when we start discussing, you know, what we would change, how we would tweak it. But like, like I would, I would have put Thrawn's, the, I would have made Thrawn as imposing as, as, as possible, not just because of his intellect or, you know, what people said about his intellect, not, but because of what he had the potential of bringing back with him. And that's just it is that nobody knows. Nobody had any clue. Oh, he's a threat, but we don't know why. Nobody had like, what's he going to do? It's him and one star destroyer. He has no access to the rest of the fleet. Whatever TIE fighters are there are the TIE fighters that are on board his ship. He doesn't have an entire fleet at his disposal. He doesn't have all the resources of, of the Galactic Empire at his disposal. He doesn't even have yeah. the backing of the Emperor anymore. The war is over. He shows up and he's going to get gunned down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, I... I'm at a loss. <laughs> I don't know what to say. This this whole this whole series was 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 a it wasn't just a letdown it was a heartache it was a heartbreak mm -hmm. because because you know for fans who are familiar with the franchise who have paid attention to to Clone Wars and Rebels and all that that you know they love the show as much as we do they're going into this with high expectations of this is going to be really cool casual fans they might like it but because it's just they're being told hey this is Star Wars you should like this. But if they if they've got brain one inside of their head, they're going to see that this is not as good as it's being made out to be. Like I yeah. I was looking at I was looking at the ratings for uh, Ahsoka, um, and it was what was interesting is the the huge huge drop. Like I'm I'm looking at the the audience scores. Right now, um, while there's a ton of five star reviews, um, like it's uh, there's a, like the second highest rating is a one star review. Like mm -hmm. I'm looking here at, and this is from IMDb. Um, someone says, Ahsoka, Dave Filoni's disaster. My expectations for this show were not very high to begin with. I wanted this show at the bare minimum to be watchable. This is the seventh attempt since the rise of Skywalker to save Star Wars. And, you know, it falls flat. Um, I'm, you know, looking at the, the scores across the board, IMDb is a 7.8 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes is 88%, but I'm not even looking at, I, I really don't care about, Rotten Tomatoes because it's it's come to light that over the last five years or so they've been paying uh, critics to write positive reviews on shows yeah. that, shows and movies that are tanking. 
Um, and then common sense has it rated as a four out of five. So when, when three of your top aggregators are, are giving you anywhere between a 78 to an 88%, that says a lot. Yeah. Um, it just, this is, it was, a, oh no, Mando. No. Um, this was a, this was a weak show. Yeah. It was a very weak show. And unfortunately, unfortunately the, uh, the writers just did not do everything they could to, to make this good. It's like, it's like they, they had a passing knowledge of, of star Wars without actually being fans themselves. Yeah. 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 I, I kept waiting, you know, episode after episode thinking, okay, this is when we're going to turn around. Okay. This is the one where it's going to turn around. Okay. This is the one where it's going to, and I think we had maybe one good episode. I think the episode with, uh, in the world between worlds, I think that was their best episode. It was, and I, I really like the way that it it played out. Like it was one of the better episodes where we've seen uh, Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. Like, like mm-hmm. you can tell, like that in the training that he was doing to do the lightsaber techniques against Ahsoka. Like he was, like dude, he was fast. Yeah, and Ahsoka could barely like, like Rosario Dawson could barely block any of that, and yeah. like I get it, that was the whole point. She, you know, that she was going to be having to deal with that, but still, it's it's like, come on. Yeah, yeah, it was. Just... Anyway, um, one of the things I I found very interesting about the viewership though is I did see a graph of of like the viewership over the run of the series mm-hmm. and it peaked between episodes five and six. Yeah. Because everybody was tuning in to see Thrawn. Yes. And then after episode six, and we finally got to see that look at it, it just drops. All right. Yeah. Now we can get into this later on. Uh, when we talk uh, next week, we, a little bit more, when we talk about uh, what we would do. But do you think that one thing that this show might have run into was this whole thing of writing themselves against a wall? But let me let me explain what I mean by that. Is the minute that you showed you know showed Ahsoka in season two of the Mandalorian, and she makes that you know ask. Uh, Elsbeth, you know, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? That set in motion that, okay, we have to have Thrawn now. We have to have him in. So then Filoni, I think it would have been better if we had no idea that Thrawn and then Thrawn shows up. Like, like they're, 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 they're out, they're searching for something. And then they, then they've, they run into Thrawn as a surprise, like, and the audience has no idea that this character is coming. Do you think that I, might have been like because I think that the minute the minute that you mentioned Thrawn's name, all the hardcore Star Wars fans, especially the old EU fans, the fans of Rebels, 
are going to start salivating because they're like, Thrawn's coming. Ooh, we're going to have like Grand Admiral Thrawn. I it, think that, I ahead. think that was that was part of it. Um, they do they did kind of they. I think I think it was a good tease, especially if like it would have been a better tease if uh, if this show had actually been better. Yeah. The the problem that we're running into is we have no like for again casual fans who are just watching the live action because you know most of them are adults they don't want to watch the cartoons um or they're new to star wars and they're just getting into it because they like disney and they finally have access to all this thing all this stuff from disney um like if they had had more time to build up thrawn yeah if thrawn had shown up more or had left behind some other kind of tangible legacy that was being that was being picked up on in threads of Boba Fett and Mandalorian and all that. Mandalorian doesn't the only time that it gets touched on is that one episode of season two of Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, it becomes a good tease for world building, but then it goes absolutely nowhere for several years until we get the show, and then the show takes it in a very yeah. abysmal direction. Um and I don't want to give anything away for next week's episode because this is something I'm, I've been thinking about for the last seven weeks. Um, and it's going to be something I will be talking about next week. But like, again, Th- Thrawn would have been much more imposing if we had seen him sooner. I think I agree. I agree. Or even, even, you know, just evidence of him. Like, like I even think that a, just even a line more than just like, oh, he's a big threat of, of, you know, Harris saying something of something that he had done, you know, mentioning, you know, saying, you know, when they're asking like, oh, why should we, we be worried about this grad admiral? We don't know if he's even alive. You know, yeah. he could say, you know, he, he, you know, he destroyed, he basically almost destroyed my family. He, you know, just just to even a throwaway. Sometimes even just throwaway lines like that can help to build a character and you know build you know the anticipation of well, who is this guy? Who is? It? But then again, you have to when you actually reveal the this character, do you have to put something behind it? Right. And, well, and they, and they easily could have done something like that. Like if they had shown like. In, in Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, they had some kind of, like, especially the episode where Ahsoka is introduced, um, if they had, if they had introduced a, a like a, a prologue scene of Thrawn and Elsbeth wor- having worked together in the past, and then it cut forward, it jumped forward to, you know, Mando showing up on the planet in search of Ahsoka, that would have made more sense, but they didn't yeah. do that. And so there's no there's no understanding for why the character is important other than whatever we're told. And that's not good storytelling. Yeah. I mean, here's why here's why Thanos worked so well in the MCU. Okay. Thanos worked well in the MCU because we saw snippets of him going back. At the end of the first Avengers film, we see um, we see the leader of the Chitari talking with Thanos and he doesn't say anything. He's just there. And we realize that the attack on New York was a much large, was part of a much larger plan. Okay. That's good storytelling because we are given 
this this veiled reference to a much larger threat than what we've just seen. Yeah. And no one was expecting that. We mm -hmm. knew something big was happening. We didn't know how big. And yeah. so, you know, even well, even if even if you don't want to show because, you know, let's say you don't have an actor, you know, yet to play to play Thrawn, but you plan on having one, even if you have character who could come out can be like represent Thrawn, like a representative, someone who's like you know the admiral. You know, so then when you actually reveal, it's a it can still be a big deal of the reveal of Thrawn, but that you know he's out there, you well, know that they, he's still circulating behind the scenes and still moving well, things along. And see, that's that's just it though. Is like going back to my MCU reference. You look at um, if you look at Thanos, the uh, the way it was played out is that. Um, they, the actor that they had play him, Damien Poitier, um, who went on to have a recurring role in, uh, in the flash series on CW, mm -hmm. he was not recast or he was recast with, with Josh Brolin. Yeah. And Josh Brolin played Thanos from guardians of the galaxy one moving forward. Yeah. And, and so every, and every time we encounter Thanos, it continues to build upon this threat. We realize that he is the person, he is the entity backing uh, Ronan the Accuser during Guardians of the Galaxy One, mm -hmm. and and because there's there is an endgame in sight. He wants the he wants the the Infinity Stone. Yeah, and that's and and it you know every time it builds up and it builds up and it builds up until we finally get to Infinity War. And now he's launching his full assault to get to personally collect every single one of the stones so that the infinity war can happen. Mm. And so they had plenty of time to build things up and show just how dangerous Thanos was for Thrawn. They could have done that earlier on because by that point, they already had someone to play Thrawn. Yeah, Lars Mikkelsen. I mean, even like even if they just had a physical stand-in for for like one, you know, mid or end credit scene, like they did, uh, like they could have done. I mean, sure, it, it makes it too Marvel in, in you know in your Star Wars, but I mean, if that's something that they had thought about doing, like they could have been teasing him this entire time to make him a much bigger threat. Yeah. I mean, they like. Thrawn should have been a much greater threat than than Moff Gideon, and Moff Gideon was a much bigger threat so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, and you know, it looks like right now they're setting up for a season two. Uh, I don't have, you know, considering what we saw of, of episode one or season one, I don't have high hopes for it. Um, but you know. We got um, uh, what is the next star? Is it uh, the next Star Wars show? Is it um, Skeleton Crew? Skeleton Crew, you know, which is supposed to come out supposed to come out this year. Um, from what I understand, it's supposed to be slated either coming out next month or December. Yeah, and which is weird because like we've seen nothing about it and. Granted, things have been kind of on on hold because of the strikes, of the strikes and everything. But that's all been resolved. So, like, from like they wrapped 
you know, they wrapped shooting in, uh, in January of this year. So eight, so nine months ago, and it's slated to be coming out sometime think, this year. Do you think that one thing that could help is to have a show that is set in a time period where there is nothing, no characters or no, nothing that we know about so that you can just be a clean slate. Like, you know, say something during the, the time of the high Republic or the old, old Republic time period where you, there's nothing that really, you know, you don't have to worry about the characters running into legacy characters or bringing in characters from, you can just have a clean slate and, you know, completely new characters, completely new stories, and you're not tied to these other things that are that are going on that you can just be like, yeah, these are completely new characters. We're going a completely, you know, new or or something set in the far, far future. You know, a hundred years. It would be it would be great if they did something outside of the the standard timeline. Yeah. The problem is they problem is Disney is at a point, since they're the ones backing everything where they're kind of, it feels like they're kind of stuck because yeah. like right now, the person who's in charge of, of Lucasfilm is Kathleen Kennedy. And we've seen what kind of a job she has been doing. Okay. And it's not great. Um, just when we could have had good things, she opens her big fat mouth and says something incredibly stupid. Um, and so Kathleen Kennedy, if you're listening to this, which you probably aren't, you can quote me on that. Um, but then you have, you have Disney who has gone through how many different CEOs in the last couple of years alone. Yeah. Um, they've all been trying to, you know, to place the responsibility and, and the, the blame on their predecessors or a predecessor or whatever. And they've been, they've been severely dropping the ball. They started getting involved with all this this uh you know uh identity politics bullcrap and 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 trying to play the, the actual political market and it's it's going against them it's it's ruining their their credibility what people the see the people that they should be trying to get in are are families people with kids and they're pushing them away and they have been for years and and so with all the major changes that they've done to star Wars, all the things that they've done to insert um, current day politics into star Wars in some way, shape or form, it is, it has devastated the storyline has devastated the, the brand. Um, like I don't see kids going out and buying star Wars right now. I don't like I go to target at least once a week, maybe. And I don't see kids picking up, Star Wars toys. You know what I see them picking up? Legos, mm-hmm. Minecraft, um, superheroes. Yeah. Okay, and, and we've hit that point where the markets become saturated again, and people need a break. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Do you think that they've done a better job with that with Marvel, with Disney? No. Oh well, they did up until up until 2019. After that, it's been the the last few shows and and films have not been great, with a, yeah. with one or two exceptions. Yeah. 
Guardians. Guardians, uh, three. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, the I, I saw the, the season premiere for Loki season two. It looks good. Yes. We'll see how it goes. But the, there's a common trend in in Disney, especially between Marvel and Star Wars, where you have these established characters only for the writers to deconstruct the characters who are longtime fan favorites and being replaced by new, typically female characters. And while I don't have a problem with well-written female heroes and leads and stuff like that, that's not a problem for me. The problem I have is when it's poorly written and mm-hmm. it's shoehorned in as a way of saying, completely forget this character that you've grown up loving. Yeah. Love this character now because this is the now. And it's like, that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are coming, uh, reaching our time limit here um, as we kind of wrap things up. Overall, what score would you give the Ahsoka series from top from top to bottom? Oh God, uh, Garrett. <laughs> um, from top to bottom, I would I probably get it give it a six out of ten stars on as an if I'm averaging all the the scores for each episode. Mm-hmm. I I would agree. I would say six, maybe yeah, six six and a half. Um. Just could have been so much better. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's the biggest biggest takeaway for me. This could have been so much better. Um, of course, as we mentioned, next week we will be discussing what we would do. And Garrett, why don't you tell us? Uh, we got some special guests coming on. That yeah, you are. So uh, a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of being a, a guest on a podcast called the bar banter podcast. Um, and it was an absolute blast. We talked, uh, we, we, the whole premise of the podcast was to, was to discuss a couple of uh, high topic or hot topic, uh, discussion points. Um, you know, one of the, one of the key things is which Disney princess would win in an MMA fight. Uh, spoiler alert. The answer is either Pocahontas or Nala. Um, but it was it was a really fun thing, and a couple of the guys are major major Star Wars fans. And when they found out that I am a part of this podcast, they jumped at the idea of cross promotion. So we're going to yes. have a couple of their guys on. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, Garrett, as always, when you tell the people out there where they can find you at. Yeah, well, you guys can find me on Instagram and. Twitter. And X at uh, at GKJ underscore publishing, where I talk about my books. I talk about my show The Right Way, um, which my show is featured on um, is featured on uh, YouTube at GKJ publishing. No underscore with that one. Um, And on the show, I I invite uh, authors to come on. We do author interviews. We have uh, top 10 book recommendations. And we have creators writing tips, uh, creative writing tips. And so last Saturday, the 7th, was my uh, season six premiere. And I've got a new episode coming out this Saturday, the 14th, um, where uh, it's a new consolidated format where we are, uh, where I have all three of those segments 
instead of doing them weekly, um, I have uh, segment the segments done as one monthly episode, and then I'll follow up on the twenty first with a live stream. Nice. Uh, as for us right here, of course, you can get hold of us through our email. That is warthestars1 at gmail.com. That is also our handle on X. Uh, just search at warthestars1. You can also find us on all other social medias under War the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Of course, War of the Stars is proud to be a member of the GNN network. It is the exclusive home for War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars or go to spreadshirt.com and search for War of the Stars to buy our merch out there. For everyone who's been supporting the show, listening, we thank you so much. It is, um, we do this a whole lot of fun to do this. And it's always cool to see people and to hear people uh, who like our little stupid little Star Wars show that we do every week. Um, you can also, oh, also remember to check out our, uh, the GNN YouTube channel for uh, Star Wars for the Eyes of a Child. There'll be a new episode coming out soon as we just watched the Clone Wars episode, uh, the capture of Count Dooku and the introduction. What's that? That is a good one. Uh, The introduction to Hondo, everyone's favorite pirate, (laughs) or as my daughter calls him, King Pirate. Which I like that. I, I, I said, I said, I said, I said, Hondo would appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> I think Hondo would love being called King Pirate. Yes, he would. Uh, but yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. So be on the lookout for that one here in the next couple of days. Uh, and yeah, uh, as always, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. This is the way. Oh, and before we go, uh, in a couple weeks, we have a special surprise guest coming in. Ooh, Ooh. I'm excited. Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 